fire, hey, fire away, dude. Fire, I'm firing away. Fire away. What's up? This is uh, this is Recovered AF Podcast. My name is Aaron, and um, my buddy Kyle, he's going to give us a disclaimer now, because... That's, That's what, what I do. do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, we are not affiliated in any way at all with any 12-step organization. Uh, those organizations don't have spokespeople or representatives. If they did, they would not pick Aaron. Definitely not Aaron. Um, they wouldn't pick me either. <laughs> <laughs> I was only half listening. I was thinking about the introduction, and then I was like, you figured. Yeah. You get me, Cal. Uh, yeah. Or uh, they wouldn't pick me either, that's for sure. So uh, they, uh, they don't do that. We are not affiliated. This podcast is based off of... Uh, Aaron and I's desire to shoot the shit and put it out there and share our experience. And when we have guests, we ask them for their experience. Uh, just a reminder, though, they are not affiliated either. Uh, so sometimes they'll reference 12-step organizations by name, which is okay because we're not affiliated in any way or whatever. So They do what they want. Yeah, they're fucking going rogue. Yeah. So uh, I am going to let Aaron introduce a pretty pretty big guest for us today so <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so uh yeah so like on on, on like i don't know at least 80 percent of the episodes we end up referencing our mutual friend who has been living abroad <laughs> i guess we'll say and uh has recently returned home and uh so i'd like to welcome the return of our mutual friend his actual name is Jeff, even though Ken let it slip out and somebody else let it slip out once. But yeah. what's up, Jeffrey? Is it Jeff? Is that how it's pronounced? It's pronounced Jeff? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. with a J, not a G. <laughs> okay. okay. It's so, not G-E-O-F-F? No, no, it's not Geoff. <laughs> no, just the American spelling. Okay. Yeah. We don't have the classy British spelling going on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you've so, got um, a plethora of drinks yeah, in front of you. So yeah. he's got, we've got um, a gallon of water half drinking. What looks like a coffee cup with a lid on it, and then a little drinky drink. Uh, and you made it, yeah, of electrolytes and exogenous ketones with a smidge of caffeine. It looks like um, uh, America's cocktail. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. red, white, and blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's America's birthday today too. So like, we're just gonna we're gonna upload this as soon as we're done. This is our midweek podcast. But happy Fourth of July. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so. Um, yeah, that's a pretty nice drink mix you got there for it. Because Jeff is the one who got me started on keto. I've referenced it a couple of times on this thing. and anyway. That was over two years ago. Yeah, huh? that was a long time ago. Yeah. March of 2017. And then, Jeff, you moved overseas yeah. to Germany, right? Yes, sir. And that was in like August? Yeah, August of 2017. And then you just got back like a, a week ago. A week and a half, yeah. something like that, yeah. Right on. So How was your trip, dude? Oh... It had its ups and downs, man. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was a great experience getting to uh, experience a different lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, different cultures. I got to have some pretty amazing experiences while I was there. That's like, awesome. But like I said, ups and downs. So. You did like a uh, 40 day or damn near 40 day motorcycle excursion across Europe, right? Yeah. Right before I left, uh, a friend of mine. A guy I've known for 25 years lives like two hours away from where I lived in Germany, and he wanted to go on a 15-day a motorcycle ride. And on day nine, he decided to go back, and I just kept going and came home 37 days later. And um, you, you hit how many countries during that? A dozen? Um, so, like, countries and territories, 17. Wow. 
So that's insane. Balkan, on the Balkan countries, the Balkans, yeah. Balkans, yeah, yeah. Balkan, whatever. That's a <laughs> router. Balkan, Balkan. <laughs> a Balkan. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, rotato, rotato. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I had a joke, but it passed. Oh, okay, it was going to be about him experiencing different lifestyles. I was going to be like, "You mean like sexually?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least you brought that joke back. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that once I referenced it, I think I had to keep going. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, yeah. Um. So so just to give us a background, why Jeff is our mutual friend. Um. Jeff and I used to be part of the part of the same home group. Uh, and then Jeff actually sponsored Kyle for a little while. And so the reason why Kyle know each other is actually through Jeff. When I got back into the rooms, um, one of the first meetings I went to was actually the one that Kyle was chairing at the time. And I think Jeff wanted us to meet and that was, uh, that was a good idea. And that's obviously worked out pretty well. Yeah, that's awesome. Jeff has a, You've introduced a lot of people, even though you might not know it like directly. It's it's cool. Yeah, pretty much anybody that we've had in Colorado on this podcast, other than my cousin, has been people that Jeff has Jeff. introduced. Yeah. We we can get into that. We, we, I like I sort of wanted to talk about that. There's like there's good things about knowing people's stories, and then bad things about it. Sometimes, like when we had Doctor Brett on, which will be out Saturday. Um, it was cool because we didn't know shit about him, and it's pretty easy to stay engaged, and the shit just goes where it goes. But then when I have somebody like that I know pretty well on the program, then it's like there's certain things that I want to talk about. So anyway. So what is one of those things? Well, <laughs> I was just going to like, so that thing was like, how, how, did, how did you get down to experiencing, again, look, I'm, let me set this up with a bit of an explanation. So you think there's a 12-step fellowship and that 12-step fellowship is just the same because the steps are written the same and it's just, I just was, you know, always just, I guess, never thought about it and thought it was the same everywhere. But then it turns out that that's ever, there, there are a lot of people are having a different experience inside of our 12-step uh, fellowship. Uh, and so I would have not have known that. Say like when I went as 20 and got sober, I just went to one clubhouse and in that clubhouse, what you did is we went and we talked about our day and um, everybody just went and talked about their day. And then if somebody had an experience and people would then talk about that experience and try and help that person. And then I found out much years later that that was there was a way that worked better for me, mm. or I guess, than doing that. <laughs> that. That didn't work so well. Yeah. And so and I know that um, I know that you got sober in a similar type was I think I'm pretty sure it was the same place years and years later. Although I don't know if much had changed, but then something drove you to go look outside of that and see what else is out there. So that's what the thing I was part of Jeff's story, because it's how we got to meet all of those people and and how our world, my world, really just got expanded in the twelve step fellowship mm -hmm. was because you did that. So like, tell us about how did that happen? Um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, shortly after I got sober. Um, I was going to the same clubhouse that Aaron referred to, and uh, I didn't have a whole lot going on in life, right? Like, because I had pretty much isolated myself from all my friends in the past, um, things like that, and so on. <clears throat> I, I don't know what it is. Like, I just had this desire to seek, and I would get on my motorcycle on a Saturday, and I would just ride down the front range and hit a bunch of different meetings, and um, I would just keep doing that and, like, experiencing 
some places I would go, it would seem very similar. And then I would every once in a while, like run into somebody that seemed to have something different than, than what was average, I guess. And, uh, you know, like one of the first people I ran into that, that really led that change was, uh, somebody you guys already had on the podcast, Ken. Yeah. Um, like one Monday, I think it was like a Memorial day or something like that. I, uh, cruised down to Colorado and I showed up at this meeting that he spoke at and, uh, um, he talked about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and life in a way that like most people that I had ever been introduced to weren't talking about. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't know, I instantly felt this connection to him and I talked to him after the meeting. He, you know, he told me like, Hey, I have this book study going on here come down and check it out someday. And I went down, I checked out that book study and then he was like, Hey, my home group is this group. Like you should come check it out sometime, which happens to be the group, which then I guess introduced me to a whole new world of recovery. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that he just was like, Hey, this is just what we're doing and come be a part of it and come check out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was no pressure to it. There was no like, we're better than or anything. He was just like, Hey, this is my home group. Like, come check it out. It's something unique. And, uh, <clears throat> like one of the cool things about that group, um, at the beginning of the meeting, they ask if there's any like out of town visitors. And unfortunately the bar for that group has been set very high because people come from like a hundred mile radius on a weekly basis to go to that meeting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> when you, uh, when you started doing that, you, you almost made that group your home group, right? As you were traveling and like you were just going down there almost every week or regularly. Yeah. You I've, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm breaking the microphone over here. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much did make it to that group every week for, I don't know, years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where I was trying to make it my home group, but I was involved in the service structure in Wyoming right. and like yeah. didn't really, the way the service structure in 12-step fellowship groups is set up is that each member should have a vote and if i were to have like a home group in one area and a service commitment in another area that technically gives me two votes and it just didn't seem the right thing to do so that's one thing you did quite a bit of too is worked on the uh like in the service structure of 12-step organizations right like you were you were at, at the area level and some stuff like that how did you get into that and what drove you Cause like that is not something I'm interested in. So I'm curious <laughs> yeah. how you, how you got interested in it. But for real, because just if I can interject here, um, so Jeff was the area literature chair, which, um, I think maybe prior to him having that position didn't mean a whole lot, but Jeff, um, <laughs> decided that being that meant actually having literature. And so I had to fill in for him one time. He had a, it was graduation weekend, so he couldn't make it up to the convention. So he asked me to fill in for him. Dude, it was a fuck ton of literature to haul up to the other side of the state. Yeah, so, yeah. like, like it, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't fun. Not for me. I don't really like that. I don't, I'm pretty into me though. Yeah, that I mean, makes sense. Yeah, but you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not sure I ever found service work to be fun, but it was something I was told very early on that I needed to do. Um, and unfortunately, it was something that I didn't access. Um. I don't know. I kind of came up with the analogy last night in a meeting. I was like, service commitments were like Pokemon. I had to have them all, mm-hmm. right? Like there was a time where I had probably three or four service commitments on different committees for conventions or conferences or 
doing area stuff or even stuff in the district. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, I just I was told early on that this was something I needed to do and it was a way to get out of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I because uh, like when you and I at when I asked you to to sponsor me, that was a one of your requirements was like you need to get a service position, and I was like, fuck, what's the easiest one I can find? <laughs> and I found it, but yeah, it was, what's the easiest one? The just being on the gratitude banquet. Oh, okay, that the doesn't sound check. easy to me. It was really easy because I wasn't the chair, <laughs> so I just had to show up and then go back to the group and be like, hey, this is what's what we're doing. So it was pretty pretty easy but but yeah that was just one thing that i know you've you've had more experience than a lot of people that i that i run around with which is cool so um. you can tell the people that have gotten sober like pre late 90s because when they talk about it they always talk about showing up cleaning ashtrays like Mm -hmm. ain't no showing up and cleaning ashtrays anymore yeah (laughs) so anyway uh let's backtrack a little where um i feel like this is very uh uh there anyways where um we usually start these things off with your first intro to the 12 steps and i've known you for a while and i think i know that introduction but i'm not positive so will you let us know what was your original introduction to the 12-step organization world what why did you get there what happened that kind of intro um So I guess like the brief synopsis of that is uh, I had had uh, quite a few DUIs and I spent some time sober on my own and my life really started to suck. Um, at one point I started drinking again and that only lasted a few months before I realized like that alcohol exacerbated problems in my life. Um Give me this sidelong glance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I was just like, I thought I should be a, an attentive <laughs> listener. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I was dating this girl at the time, and I knew that if I kept drinking, like, I was for sure going to ruin that relationship. And um, <clears throat> so I, again, tried to stop drinking on my own. And uh, it's something I've had some fairly successful attempts at like one time a year and a half, several times, 30 days. Um, but always I would go back to drinking because when I wasn't drinking, my life fell apart. Right. Most people, most people think alcohol is what causes people's lives to fall apart sometimes, I guess in this world. And for me, it's quite the opposite. Like alcohol is the solution to those problems. Um, it's the thing that makes life bearable for me when I'm not drinking, like life just gets miserable. And, um, so, um, at the end of my drinking, I started to try to control my drinking. And when I came or like, I don't know, like the last four months I had three drinks and I could tell you where I was at, who I was with, what I had to drink, like everything that was going on. Right. I obsessed over the idea of like, I'm only going to have one drink tonight or, whatever. And I thought that was a normal thing. Come to find out it's not. Um, but in that I got very depressed. I got very angry. Um, I started to tear my life apart from the inside out, right? Like I, I pushed the girl away. I was doing very badly at work. Um, I had kind of isolated myself from my family. Uh, so I started seeing a therapist and, um, thankfully this therapist is a friend of, 
the 12 step fellowships, right? She's not a member, but she's a friend. And, uh, and sitting down and talking with her, our first contact, she pretty much laid it out. She's like, Hey man, like, I think you're an alcoholic. And, uh, if you don't seek some help in regards to that, there's nothing I can really help you with. Right. And, and at that time I was really closed off to the idea that I was an alcoholic because I could tell you where I was at, who I was with, what I had to drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was also opposed to the God idea, right? Which is very clearly talked about in the, the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, she, on our next meeting, she was like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to work, I want to incorporate these 12 steps in regards to your anger, right? Like, mm-hmm. so she was like, let's take the alcohol out of that and let's start doing this. And, um, Again, I was I was okay with that until it came to the idea of like a higher power or God, and um, I was just really opposed to that. And uh, I don't know, I would I kept seeing her, um, thinking that the right amount of medication, the right number of visits to a counselor, like those things would make me better. And uh, really, all it did was make me worse, and it pushed me to this point where um, I just didn't want to live anymore. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't want to go into like too many of the crazy details, but it got to the point where the day before I came to AA, like some fairly, some fairly traumatic things happened and, uh, it just forced me into this idea that like, I need to go here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I called a friend. I don't even know if he's still in the program or not. Um, he was at the time and, uh, I had to beg him to take me to a meeting. And so the next day we met up and went to a meeting and I've been here ever since. Hmm. One thing you talked about was she wanted to use those 12 steps steps to treat your anger. And it's just, and like, this is the thing, maybe if people that haven't had that experience, um, I remember I talked to this guy from treatment after I got out and I was doing well. And he was, um, I don't know, he was he was a little confounded because he was like, bro, in treatment you were so angry all the time. And I was like, I was? <laughs> like, I didn't have any idea. You know, but like when we talk about untreated alcoholism or untreated addiction, like that's just me sober, right? I'm When I'm using opiates, I'm treating my addiction. When I'm drinking, I'm treating my alcoholism, you know? And so we have to have something to treat that. And we have 12 steps, and that's what the three of us have used. But so, like, for, you know, um, people listening that might wonder why you might be so damn ang- angry all the time, that's just untreated alcoholism, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so then your dude, you had to, you had to beg him... You had to beg him to take you in a meeting. That's, well, I mean, at least, uh, you know, maybe he was doing like the thing that your guys, you guys share a, share a sponsor too, where they like tried to convince people they weren't alcoholics to make sure they wanted to be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I, I read yeah. a book about, or I listened to, uh, no, I was, it was Clarence, Sni- Clarence Snyder. Mm-hmm. I listened to him speak and he was in the hospital bed and um, they 12 stepped him for a week. And then Dr. Bob came in and was like, mm-hmm. was like, he said, uh, so what do you think about all this? And he's like, yeah, I got to have it, whatever. And he's like, you ain't ready. <laughs> you know, so. I would like to think my friend was being altruistic at yeah. that point, but like, I think he just wasn't really wanting to go to a meeting. <laughs> yeah. I'll be completely honest. Okay. <laughs> he's like, damn it, dude, I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, don't make me go. That sounds like me sometimes. Yeah. 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 All right. So then, uh, so then from there, 
how long before how long was that before you hit your first meeting before you found Ken and 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 yeah and you sort of you you did some step work right just not the way that you learned once you found that you know Ken and is that cuz you had a sponsor right yeah yeah so like <laughs> yeah tell us the progression between that and that all right so after i went to my first meeting um I, I get, I got really involved in 12 step fellowships. I was going to like two or three meetings a day. Um, I was willing to do pretty much anything anyone told me to do. Right. And I would do things. I would get a little crazy at it. Like they would tell me to get a sponsor. So I had two sponsors at one point. In okay. Time, right. And yeah. like, um, <laughs> come to find out I was just using them both as sounding boards and I would run with the answer from the one that told me what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and about nine months in, um, I was at this, I was at this point where like, I didn't want to live anymore. Right. I'm doing all these things that I'm told in AA, or at least my interpretation of what I'm being told to do. And, uh, <clears throat> this, this guy that I had been kind of running with, I'd ride motorcycles with and stuff. Um, he pulled me aside one day and he's like, Hey man, I'm tired of watching you suffer. I'm going to be your sponsor and we're going to do these steps. Right. And, uh, he didn't give me a choice in that. There was no like, oh, hey, man, like if you kind of, you know, whatever. He was just like, hey, dude, like I see you wanting to die. And uh, so here's the solution. Mm-hmm. And um, we sat down and started going through the work. And everything we did came directly out of the book until we got to about the 10th step. And then it was just kind of very like, eh, you know, we just kind of do this stuff every day. Right. And there was no real like direction in step 10, 11. And um, when it came to the 12 step, this guy actually believed that you needed to be sober like five years before you could help anybody. Right. So I was like around a year, I had some guys asking me to give them help. And and he was like, no, don't do it. Right. And that's different than what the big book talks about. Right. Um, So in that time, I had been listening to a lot of speaker tapes. I'd been reading the book. Um, I'd been venturing out, like meeting people like Ken. and I was hearing all this different stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I had to move on from that guy. And, like, we stayed friends up until the day that he moved away from Cheyenne. We haven't had a whole lot of contact since then. But, uh, um, yeah, once I got introduced to those guys, I I just met some other people that talked about things a little differently. So They were a little more involved in 10 and 11 and 12, too, then, right? Yeah. Because we... We talked We talked with Ken, I think, maybe about that group that we did, that we just studied 10 and 11. And it started out to be like a six-week six thing, and we ended up doing it for six months the first time around. Is that about right? Yeah, they were like in in the basement of yeah. the old guy's house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It started off, there were like 12 of us, and it started off as like a six-week trip through those two steps. And it, I think it took us 26 weeks by the end of it. So. Yeah. And it'll be a little more in depth. Well, and when I met Jeff, I was in a similar predicament, which is interesting just hearing all of this, because when I met Jeff, I had been kind of in the same boat of like been through one through nine ish and really no, no sort of uh, experience with 10, 11 or 12. And that was when I met Jeff and we met at that sponsorship conference and then. I heard Jeff talk about 
10 and 11. I was like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Like, what is this? This this, this doesn't sound like anything I know, you know, and I'm not saying nobody ever talked about it, but like I just had not heard it. And it was probably because I just wasn't in a good position, but I had not heard it until, until I met Jeff. And that was what drove me to ask Jeff to be my sponsor was 10, 11, and 12. I mean, that was where Jeff and I spent the first, almost all of our, time working together before you moved was kind of in that area of the work mm-hmm. and then the last three weeks or whatever before you left we blasted through through all 12 but mm-hmm. but yeah it was it was interesting that that's kind of the same thing that drove me to Jeff was the same thing that drove you to Colorado it was like what is this what is that what is a 10 step you know so um so when you uh when was it, because you, you also, we've had Ryan on the podcast, and I believe Ryan was the, the first guy you sponsored, right? When was it that you actually started working with others? Um, so. <laughs> Rookie, dude. <laughs> um, hey, we're turning pro today, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, like I got my first experience working with somebody else um, right around a year sober, um, and Ryan was that person. Um, and it's it's kind of funny how how that all came about. Um, like <clears throat> I was sitting in a meeting one day, and uh, I saw Ryan walk in the door. And the last time Ryan and I had seen each other, like we went to high school together, we ran around with like we weren't really friends, but we ran around with like some mutual people. And the last time we had seen each other, like we almost got in a fight over a drug deal. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, my product's better than his product. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, um, and it was actually at the house of the guy who took me to my first meeting. Oh, wow. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I see Ryan walk in the door, right. In my mind, like right away goes to like, Oh my God, what, like, what's this guy doing here? Like, he can't be serious or whatever. Right. And, uh, after the meeting, I went up to him and I was just like, Hey man, it's good to see you. I shook his hand and, uh, thought that was going to be the end of it. And, uh, the next day I got a phone call from Ken in Fort Collins who said that he got a phone call from a friend in Denver, um, who, uh, said that there was a guy in Cheyenne who, recently got out of treatment he was up here and he was looking for somebody to take him through the work and uh so ken passed my number on to ryan and like come to find out it's kind of that six degrees of separation thing like ryan called his old sponsor who called his sponsor who called a friend who called another friend who actually called ken who then called me wow right so like we got connected through this through this chain of friendships i guess and uh it just like at that point in time I couldn't say no, mm-hmm. right? Like, not only did the ego get involved in that, but also, like, how often does that happen? Like, how does a chain or, like, that six degrees of separation happen and put you in touch with somebody you were sitting in the room with the day before? Yeah, that's nuts. So, and then, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, and then you guys blasted through the work at a pretty quick rate. Yeah. And then um, then you, you just kind of kept going after that? Yeah, yeah. I just... Anytime anyone would ask, like, I'm willing to to at least sit down and talk with somebody. Yeah. And uh, Ryan and I were going into a treatment center locally, mm-hmm. um, usually two days a week. Um, we were actually taking a book study in there at one point in time. Um, That's cool. Just trying to be in the trenches. 
That's awesome. Yeah, because that was your advice to me when I went to you complaining about uh, no one wanting to work with me. <laughs> was like, yeah, what are you doing, dude? I was like, uh, going to like 10 meetings a week. What do you mean? And you're like, get your ass in the treatment center. Like, go go out there and try to find people. So, yeah, that was that was a huge changing point in my life, too. So how did you meet this fuck? Are you talking to me or him? Him meet you. <laughs> I think Wait, you don't want me to talk. <laughs> yeah, for Aaron. How did we meet? Yeah, how'd you guys meet? I don't know that story. Aaron, how did we meet? And I've known both of you for a long time. And well, I, I think have not we heard met. This. I think we met at that Monday, Wednesday, Friday group. We were in that same group together. But then what happened was because um, we had met, and then I remember one time that Friday group there. They have a speaker at the end of the last speaker of mm. every month, and um, I had met Ryan. He, he had said some profound shit at a midday meeting, and I was like, he was so calm. And Oh, yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, and I was like, what does this guy do? <laughs> like, I don't, these other people are fucking crazy, but this guy. You were only like a month in or something, right? Not even. Yeah. And I was like a couple weeks that's out. That's what I've heard. I've, yeah. I've heard that. I didn't know that's how you met him. And then, uh, well, we had met, and then, but then I remember that night, um, there uh, there, that must have been a Friday, and there was this guy that used to be a member of that group that moved that was going to speak there, and so it was pretty busy, and I asked Ryan if he was going to go, and he was like, uh, I guess, because I think I was going. And so then when we went, our other friend, Dave, oh, I said somebody's name who hasn't been on it. That's okay. Shook, uh, shook Ryan's hand and asked him where his running partner was, and he was like, oh, he's doing a 12-step call down in Denver. And it was it was a buddy of your guys's, and you know, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yep. And um, and anyway, I was like, who's his running partner? And then so then Tuesday or no Thursday, whatever night they had the book the book study next, I went into the treatment center to the book study, and then that's when he was in there, and I was like, oh, these guys are together. That's cool. Yeah, and so and then um, so you just <clears throat> forced yourself on them. Well, then I went to the home group because because I had to get a home group. Oh, so you went to the PPG deal. Yeah. All right. And so, because like for me, I'd been to all these groups and they're at like uh, that, that same meeting where I met Ryan at, they were like, do you want to say something? And I was like, I don't know what to say. I fucking just got out of treatment like six hours ago. What do you want me to say? I got nothing to say. I don't know. And, uh, and then their home group, all's what they did was they, they asked a, they read a page of the book and then they asked this question, and the answer to the question was just the next sentence in the book. And I was like, this is great. I don't have to say anything. These people, they were like laughing and joking and had jokes about, because if you read the book one sentence at a time, it can get a little ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some ridiculous sentences in that literature. And so, uh, and so yeah, so like, well, and I went once, and they were like, do you want to be a home group member? And I was like, oh. All right, yeah, I've been looking for one of those. What do I have to do? And they're <laughs> like, dumb. show up. And they're like, do you want to be our treasurer? I'm like, what? <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> I, I, I can't be trusted with money. My wife had, has <laughs> taken me off the yeah, credit card. She's so. tried to take me off all of the accounts, but she cannot <laughs> because we have loans jointly. So like, I was like, these fucking people are crazy. But I really did feel at home. Like, so then that's how we started. That's awesome. Running together. Yeah. And I was like, you know, the things that he was saying, I could identify with and I could relate to. Mm. And he referenced his experience and cross referenced it with the literature. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It wasn't like, I don't know, other things. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I was going to change gears. 
for the last two years, you've been in a place where there's not a ton of uh, regular meeting attendant. Like for you, you know, it's a, you got to drive to another country to go to a meeting and the fellowship isn't vast. What, um, what's that experience like? Like what, I mean, I've heard you talk since you've been back about like kind of trying to rely on God and maybe even God doing for you what you might not even know it. You know, like just why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because to me, that's the Jeff I know doesn't pack up his shit and quit his job and travel across the country. Like that's not the Jeff that I knew. So when you told me that was what you're doing, I was so fucking stoked. I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And every, like even you, I think, had some fear, which is pretty normal. Like that's a leap of faith. What, um, what's that experience been like? And you can go in as much or as little as you want, but I would just think that that's fucking, for me, I just look at Jeff taking a jump that doesn't have a, a nice little cushy landing, or at least like you don't see it and you're still taking the jump, which is baffling to me because I usually will get afraid to do that. Nah. <laughs> oh. yeah, we like to know that the result's going to be before we do things like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know me, I'm, I'm the type of person that like I have to have a plan and I have to know what's going to happen, or at least I have to think I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, two years ago, some a situation presented itself. I don't know how else to state that. I'd say hearts, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, like a situation presented itself that uh, allowed me this opportunity to get out of what I knew life to be at that moment in time. Um, I had a lot of fear about like making any changes in my life because I worked at a job that was good enough, right? Like it, and offer enough salary and benefits to like keep me there. And I was always afraid of making a transition and um, like, I just didn't know what to do. And so the situation presented itself. And for some reason I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, it involved quitting my job and leaving my hometown and walking away from my family. um, Selling your sweet ride. Did you sell that to someone here? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I swear I see it driving around still, and I still yeah. always think of Jeff. Yeah, I do too. I'm like, hey, there's Jeff. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not Jeff. Yeah. You said you left your hometown. You also left your home country. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And it involved moving overseas and, uh, yeah, experiencing life in a whole new way. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, except when we got there, things kind of changed and uh, (laughs) like almost instantly things changed from the way they were here um and so I tried to tried to find a place in AA and where we were was a a fairly small community where um the nearest meeting so there was one meeting that was about 45 minutes away but it only happened on Saturdays Mm -hmm. and um then in the neighboring country there was a meeting almost every day but it was an hour each direction to get there. And uh, a lot of the same people went to both of those meetings because it was a very small community. Like there were probably 35 people in the recovery community between both those areas. Um, There were some other meetings like an hour and a half away each direction. Um, But yeah, it just, it wasn't, 
AA the way that I know AA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Europe, there's a lot of cultural differences between people. Um, I don't want to like delve too deep into it, but it was really hard to like find a place in AA. Um, and then even when I was trying to, when, when things were really falling apart, um, in my life, like I tried to get involved and tried to find a sponsor. And I had asked a few people like to take me through the work and I was never able to find anybody that was actually like willing to go through the work. They were willing to sit and talk, but they weren't really willing to like delve deep. And, uh, I had a hard time finding newcomers. Like I'm used to here where like, if I want a newcomer, I'll just go to the treatment center guaranteed in a week, I'll have a guy to talk to. Right. And like, um, yeah, so AA was just a completely different experience there. There wasn't a lot of talk of spiritual principles. It was, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it, man. There's people staying sober there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, who am I to judge? But uh, it just wasn't something that that really worked for me. And then trying to share those few meetings with another person and not, like, simultaneously existing in the same meeting because um, mm-hmm. that would just be really awkward, (laughs) (laughs) especially with the circumstances that were going on. But, uh, yeah, um, toward the end, like the last six months I was there, um, I had a friend who started reaching out to me and just like wanting to have coffee. And though I didn't sponsor this guy, like he was in, and he wasn't like a brand new guy. Like we would sit down, we would have coffee and we'd talk about the program. And thankfully, like that experience, kind of rekindled my desire to be an AA and also like I would say kind of saved my life Mm -hmm. um Mm. so and then you guys started this podcast I started listening to you guys quite often which like was was really helpful to hear you know people that I know talking about recovery in the, the sense that I know recovery so that's awesome yeah you uh you you started our international listening. Yeah. Yeah. And then so now excited. we have quite a bit of international yeah. listening. But I remember, time, yeah, I remember the first time I saw <laughs> Columbia, it. Was like, huh? Germany. I was like, dude, we're in two countries. Yeah. <laughs> I took a picture and sent it to him. I was oh, like, yeah. there you are. That's so awesome. <laughs> you so, could also write a book on a how to about how to be awkward in your own home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> So like we've, so everybody pretty much that's been a hard part of our home group has talked about because, so like what happened for me and I'm, I believe what happened for you is like once we had that new experience of going through the steps and then finding a spiritual solution and finding a solution in God, we were like, oh shit, this is where it's at. This is the way to do it. And then that sort of morphed into you people are doing it wrong. Right. And when we got into that, we got into that judgy thing and we all had the same experience that that didn't work out very well for us. And um, you talked about after, I've, I've heard you talk about, you know, um, when I went out uh, and then the, then our home group dissolved, like you just sort of inverted, right? And you went back and you played a lot of video games and you worked and you went home and you got into that and uh, just, you know, maybe, I don't know if you just felt like you didn't have a place at that point. I, I understand. And then when you, when you sort of crawled back out, to go to that workshop or conference or whatever was going on, um, you were like, oh man, these there's there's stuff happening here and it's cool and I want to be a part of. And I was just wondering, like leaving for two years and coming back, um, if you've had that, like a similar experience or if, if, if the fellowship has changed or if it's like something you're excited to be a part of again. 
like now that you're here? Yeah. So coming back, like I'm super excited. It's cool to see people killing it. Like, yeah. cause that's really what's going on today. Um, there's a lot of younger people and even older people that are, that are involved in the work and fuck man on Tuesday night I was at a meeting and like every share there just crushed it you like knocked it out of the park I was amazed like it, it was something I wasn't expecting because I didn't even know like half the people in that meeting right yeah. and all of a sudden it was just like I didn't know what to expect right because that's not that's not the type of meeting I'm used to in my hometown yeah um was that know, at the light yeah yeah Dude, I, it's growing, man. It's doing well. Yeah. I'm really stoked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like, you know, to come back and see the two of you guys both just like killing it. It's it's really exciting to see. Um, personally, I, you know, if I'm to be honest, like there's a lot of fear from me, like, and having to start over from square one and seeing people that like I've seen come from the bottom, like, you know, you guys are homeowners now and in amazing relationships and like good careers and you know like really doing well for yourself and now i'm just like ah oh, like i don't know how to fit in but i was just gonna say especially this drunk loser <laughs> <laughs> so funny. especially this drunk I, I don't know aaron i remember i remember sitting at your house the day before you left for mexico man <laughs> just fucking shooting up so much heroin <laughs> Yeah, dude. I forgot. About, I remember you being there when I got back. I forgot about you being there when I left. Yeah, because he told me, I was like, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, I'm going over to one of my friend's house. And he didn't mention you because we didn't know each other at the time. But yeah. he's like, he's leaving for Mexico. But I'm a little worried he might not make it. So I'm going to go <laughs> sit with him for a while. I know. Everyone's like, you're going to overdose before you yeah. get there, dummy. <laughs> you sat with him for like 10 hours or something. I don't remember how long I was there. Yeah. I was there for a while. Yeah, man. most oh. of the day. Yeah, yeah and you just sat there and shot dope and fucking... <laughs> He sat there and just made sure you didn't die. What an idiot. Like, you know, like, it's so funny being on the other side of it, though. You don't realize, like, how much of a life you're wreck, you know, how much yeah. of a wreck your life is. You're just like, eh. you it's know, only a normal way. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's how like, talks about it. It's not that <laughs> big of a deal. That's like yeah. when you're always like, you're such a drunkard. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, like, <laughs> yeah, it just is like are. the only way I've ever known. Dude, so. But, like, when I talk to people, like, that are into the industry, like, we've got friends um, that are in the mental health industry, you know, and, like, when I talk about people that are like, you know, experience multiple day blackouts, they're like, yeah, those people die. You know, like those aren't the type of people to get sober. I know those people. They were my uncle's friends and, you know, my uncle. Like, yeah. Ee. You know, anyway, but you're getting after it too, though, now that you've been back, right? You're, you're, you're back on the keto and you've started working out already and you're like, you're, you're making, you're making money moves now, right? And doing the, yeah, doing, looking into the school and looking into the career again. And like, so you've sort of picked back up with some momentum. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, it feels weird just not really having a lot going on. But yeah. I also, yeah, like, I spent 13 years working in a job that was good enough, and I don't want to do that again, yeah. right? So, like, I'm being selective now. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like, it's kind of scary for me not knowing, like, what's going on, mm -hmm. right? Like, when I was overseas, I started going to school at a university and uh, – maintained a, a 3.5 GPA and now I'm applying for a community college in Cheyenne, Wyoming and yeah. I have to write a fucking student appeal because 12 years ago I had bad experience there, right? Mm. Like, So it's weird like trying to get in this eh, kind of school and I have to write an appeal whereas like I was crushing it at this university and yeah, um, yeah there's just a lot of things that right now are unknown. Like I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go to school. 
at that school. Like yeah. I can go to any other school in the U.S. <laughs> and like they'd accept me right away. But this one that happens to be here <laughs> is like eh, we're not sure. That's just cleaning <laughs> so, up. That's just a little more clean up that wreckage. Yeah, you know what I mean, I like, love that. It's sort of weird when we get sober, we don't realize where the wreckage is always going to pop up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I might run into a random person. We were. <laughs> Was Vanessa and Ryan and I were rolling around one night and got pulled over and Ryan's actually had a summons out still or something mm. over. He ran from some cops. It was a pretty, <laughs> yeah. it was a pretty funny story. Yeah. But he was like, he had no idea, you know, he didn't even, so he went down and paid his fine and whatever. But it's just weird. You never know where that wreckage is going to rear its head. Rear, am I just saying shit wrong? Maybe. What did I say? The Balkans <laughs> instead of the Balkans? Yeah, you Bel- said, you the, said Balkans. the Balkans instead of yeah, the Balkans. Yeah, the Balkans, which is a r- router. I thought it was a towing company. I don't know that. So I do have a question about the international listeners. Are those the 17 countries that I was in and downloading podcasts? No. So <laughs> there was only a few that we kind of knew. Like I, Megan would, show, you were, uh, Megan would show, up, <laughs> show me a picture of where you were, and then we would, I would see a listen in like that place or whatever. Right. But awesome. No, we have quite a bit like in South America, South America Mexico, and right. then um, where was the other big one? So... Like what happens is we put this up on sound. So you have to have an RSS feed, what's called an RSS feed to upload a podcast to iTunes and all of the rest of these places. And so we, we got ours by paying. So this podcast actually costs us money, $14 a month to do mm-hmm. or something like that. And so we upload it to SoundCloud and, like this international radio station on SoundCloud picked it up. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up getting a bunch of listens in South America. And That's right. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. And yeah, and then I know there's another country that I'm missing that like had this huge it wasn't where you were though. It was like Portugal or Spain or something. I'll I'll look it up after. It's not that important. Maybe in Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. Um but uh one one thing I was going to ask, you are you have some interests in some a lot of different things. Like you're really into motorcycles. Um I know, do you still have your cologne collection? Yeah. yeah, like you're into some cool shit. Like, where does that come from? Do you just like go after things you're interested in and just like, because the one thing I will say about Jeff is if it's something he's interested in, you know, and like coffee, you know, like every fucking <laughs> yeah, thing true, there is possible to yeah. know about whatever it is you're interested you in. You acquire information. Yeah, man. it's crazy. Like coffee, like you were just telling me about you're trying to find a place that makes coffee the way you like. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know. Like it makes sense, but like I wouldn't even know where to start with that stuff. And then like... <laughs> I'm like, I got curious. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got a like a badass cologne collection and then like all of this stuff. Where does... Where does that interest come from? Is it just like, oh, I'm interested in this, and then I just study, like, start learning it and looking it up and stuff, or how does that happen? So, I think a lot of it comes along with my untreated alcoholism. <laughs> like, I like to obsess over things, right. um, and <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, really, that's where a lot of it comes from. Is mm-hmm. like, it's really easy to distract myself from the things that are going on in the world by obsessing over things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not that I don't enjoy those things, but usually I, you take it to I, an extreme yeah. a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I obsess and yeah. then take it to an extreme and learn everything I can. And it just has to do with a lot of it has to do with just avoiding the world. Yeah. Like people watch TV. I don't watch TV. I'd rather listen to a podcast or watch YouTube videos and just like, cram my head full of a bunch of useless information that nobody really gives a fuck about, but it's something that I enjoy. So, yeah. 
that's one thing I've been doing a lot of too. Like just getting a bunch of information. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> what do I need this for? Like, especially podcasts. Since I started getting really into podcasts, I just go listen to all of this mathematician podcast shit that I'm like, dude, what? I don't even understand what they're talking about, but I can tell you everything they're saying now. So. Before my 37-day motorcycle ride, um, I can tell you the last time that I listened to music, like years, mm-hmm. because that's what I've done for, I don't know, like I started listening to podcasts probably in like 2008, 2009, Whoa. and really like just picking up information has been... That's what I do. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this podcast is really quiet. Yeah. So on a motorcycle, it was hard to listen to. So I just listen to a lot of music. Most podcasts are that way. It's not just this one. But yeah. Jeff's gonna fix our shit. <laughs> well, I think it's just where we do most of them. I think we all like we have a big open room, so it doesn't get very good sound. We also, I mean, Aaron and I sunk what eight hundred dollars into stuff. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this is a. So nice I mean, setup. yeah, like we sunk some money in, but Just I still, get some shit dialed, yeah, I still think that there's probably the microphones aren't the best. The room isn't the best. So our audio sometimes suffers and sometimes people will talk like way back here. <laughs> and then Aaron and I are too big of pussies to be like, hey, get your face in the microphone. <laughs> and then I always watch Rogan podcasts. <laughs> To see how he does that, and he's like, he just he's tells just him. like, get it, get in there, <laughs> and make uh, love and, to it, and then it, it, uh, the opportunity presents itself, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to have a confrontation. <laughs> I know. I was like, if Jeff, if Jeff doesn't talk into the microphone, it'll be easy. And when you start out, you were talking to the side like this, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> he I'm looked at me a couple it. of times, like, <laughs> should we? What, what do we do? I think the audio is good, though. You sound really good. You have the. I think it's more we need to learn how to use some of the equipment too, like the mids and highs and stuff. Cause when we have females on the podcast, I feel like their voices are always much quieter than Aaron and I's. So I think it's something we're not doing correctly. So there's a yeah. lot of switchy turny buttons on this mixer. <laughs> and uh, I've watched several YouTube videos. I don't know what they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I go back and forth with the podcast. Like I'll listen to them obsessively and just book after book after book until I've burned through all my audible credits and then bought more. And then I'm just nonstop feeling my brain full. And then for the next three months, I'll just listen to music. And I'll try and listen to a podcast, and I can't concentrate for 10 seconds. And I'm like, I'm wasting time. It's probably good to give your brain a rest, man. Because like mine is just always like information, 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 yeah. information. Especially my brain. I've I mean. been listening to some. Yeah, you are nonstop, dude. I've been listening to some uh, shit podcasts, so it's been good. Okay. Like just like goofy ones, Tiger uh-huh. Belly, Bobby Lee's podcast. That's just like... They just fuck around, mess around for an hour and a half, and so that's kind of refreshing. That was that's what Ken was saying. That was the too. one he was talking about. Yeah, that was what made like, me start. He's so much same thing, so much information based that by the time it's time to listen to podcasts, he doesn't want to have to be serious. Brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of bike? What kind of bike you ride, bro? You're pretty into bikes, and like, um, so obviously motorcycle had, or bike, bike, motorbike. Yeah. Uh, he has a victory, I think. Yeah, I have a bicycle. He has a bike. His bike's pretty dope too. It's really nice. Have you already? Have is it back yet? No. It's do you still know on a boat? Do you know when it's coming? He's trying to answer questions, but we want to stop. We're just caffeine's kicking in it's now. That double <laughs> that dark roast shot or whatever. Dude, that that drink What's like this? made me sweat, bro. Welcome to every day of Aaron and I's life. We just sweat and talk and beware. Should have had me on yesterday, man. Yeah. I had a caffeine overdose. It was bad. Uh, 
I think but. I drank like the equivalent of 10 espressos and oh two Diet Dr. Peppers by like 2 p.m. On, on how many days without, because you're fasting to get back into ketosis, right? Yeah. So. Well, I was fasting for other reasons, oh, okay. but like, yeah, I was like three and a half days deep in a fast and <laughs> hadn't had anything but caffeine yesterday and like... I felt like I was smoking crack without the crack. I bet, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, bad. So, bike. What kind of bike? Uh, I ride a Victory Cross Country. Nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's not anything special. No, I like bike. it, and it's sick. Yeah. It's but like it's, matte uh, finished, right? Yeah, and it, people like it just because it's unique. Yeah. Like, it's when a I was bagger. Like, yeah. It's sick. When I... Uh, so, like, where I was, um, I inadvertently entered two bike and car shows, one because I was working, the other one I just stopped by to like visit some people that were supposed to be there, and my bike was in the parking lot, and uh, both of them I won like the People's Choice Awards oh, on. Really? Yeah, and my That's motorcycle cool. is like it's just pretty much a stock Victory Cross Country, yeah. um, but it's just not very common, so people enjoy it. Yeah, it's dope, and it's got it's not like a it's like matte gray or something, right? Yeah, it's like a sick finish on it and yeah. stuff. Suede titanium metallic is the actual name. There of it is. It's, it's pretty dope, dude. We, I like his bike. We off we operate differently because if I had gotten an inadvertent People's Choice Award, you would tell everybody. Yeah, I'd be like People's Choice bitches. You'd have a belt. <laughs> I think we should the steal the. <laughs> I think we should steal the T Fat K. Um, that podcast they oh, give a yeah. guest of the year award out i think we should try to do that you too. think so i like that idea how about a host of the year <laughs> <laughs> your medal's hanging over there is it a special Olympics it's medal? for participation oh, it's part- <laughs> i got a participation medal over there Aaron's so. a participation medal yeah. kid. yeah i would have tried to win but i wasn't good enough yeah um, i also got an award one time at work because i because i um the customer i delivered to were giving them to children and i was like do I have an award over there? They're like, these are for the children. They earned these. And then I just put my head down and pouted and walked away. (laughs) The The next next one. one. They're like, we have something for you, Marty. (laughs) And uh, they presented me with this um, person of the, the, uh, yeah, a special award. Delivery, deliverer of the year. And they were like, to our favorite delivery person, actually our only delivery person. That's awesome. I was like, thanks. (laughs) Yes. Um, so what now? Cause I got to get going here soon. Um, what, what do you got going now? What's your, do you have a plan or are you just flying by the seat of your pants? You're just trusting intuitive judgment. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to do, man. Just I love it. Trust some intuitive judgment. Like I don't have, I don't really have any plans. Like it's cool because I know that if push comes to shove, like there are several places where I can get a job yeah. like I've been offered, but, um, I really w- would prefer to do something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so right now I'm not starving. Yeah. Like I'm set up for a little while. Like, so I'm just going to see what happens. That's awesome. Which for me is weird. Yeah. Again, <laughs> that's what I love about Jeff now is he just is, uh, I see you more reliance on like God will provide. And instead of coming up with a plan. And it's, it's really it's strange. I was actually having a conversation with uh, Jason, who's been on the podcast last mm-hmm. night, and we were talking about spiritual principles, and uh, he was talking about how 10 and 11 were game changers for him, and he doesn't understand like how he got by before knowing about those. And I was like, man, I knew about those in the last two years. I've gotten away from that. But in the end, my lack of spiritual principles has driven me more toward the idea that like 
God can do for me what I can't do for myself. That's awesome. I love it. I am just super grateful that you're back. I know it's probably not the exact idea you were thinking, but I'm really glad that you're back because you just, the things that you do, like the people that you've interacted with and stuff, I think all of us have very positive feelings about it. And the people that you've connected, like Aaron and I and stuff, and then the kind of person you are to sit with Aaron while he's just banging tar for (laughs) <laughs> 10 hours <laughs> like though like that's the jeff that i know so i just i'm really glad you're back and thank you for being on our podcast and uh for helping me a bunch because i know for a while there i was struggling when i first met you so i'm really grateful for that too so thank you yeah man i appreciate you being on here like uh <clears throat> you know all that you know those book studies and those intimate settings that we do and all that stuff can you know sort of be traced back to that um you hitting that motorcycle and seeking you know like a world was opened up not just to you but to a lot of people after that so mm-hmm. you know just you know i don't know keep that in mind absolutely yeah and you are welcome on this motherfucking podcast as much as you want nope hopefully we'll have a bunch of reoccurring like guests so you, well you don't have to <laughs> Uh, also, we posted a pretty sick picture on our Instagram today of yeah. me, Aaron, and Jeff. So, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a great idea, Aaron. I really liked it. Yeah, so, um, we what, go what, ahead. What's that Instagram? Recovered AF Podcast. That's it, dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then we have an email too. What's that called? I think it's Recovered AF Podcast at Gmail Nailed it. And then um, Saturday, we we interviewed Doctor Brett a couple weeks ago, so we've got Sat- uh, his episode coming out Saturday, and then. Uh, um, also that night, we're going to sit down with Amy M's uh, meditation guru from Australia. We're going to have we're going to interview her v- via teleconference. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a big move. We've never done someone not right in front of us. We're so, going international. So we've got a meditation guru on the podcast Dang. that will probably be out next week, midweek, Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. So we're kind of a fucking big deal. Shit's popping, dude. At least I know that. Kyle's mom and Amber will really enjoy those two episodes. (laughs) (laughs) True that. Awesome. Thank you again, Jeff, for being on this, man. Thank you guys for having me.